From the game gurus at Snakes and Lattes, you're listening to the Snakes Cast, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. Welcome back to the Snakes Cast, everyone. I'm Jonathan Moriarty. Joining me this week are my co-hosts Dan Legault. Hey. Whose name I pronounced correctly this time. Yay. <laughs> Andy Jelsma. Hola. It is the last Tuesday of the month, and that means it's time for Guru Voodoo. This is the episode where we present our game gurus with a situation, a tricky situation, a table full of guests who have a peculiar request, a particular situation, a particular kind of game that they're going to need. So here comes one. We've got a table. About five or six people there, maybe seven, eight, fairly large size of table, and they're telling you, oh, we want some, we want like a strategy game. And something tells you that strategy might not be the best category of game to go with. Maybe you're there at Snakes and Loggers, and they've had a few. Maybe they're at Snakes and Lattes, and it's late, and it's Friday night, and they're tired. Maybe one of them is keen on the strategy, and the other one's maybe not quite so keen on it. They're asking for a strategy game, and you've got the distinct feeling that's not going to work. Guys, how often does this happen to you? A lot. Frequently. Yeah. Me too. So, all right, this is good. This, this will be sort of professional development for us. <laughs> and if our fellow employees listening here can do this, and hopefully some of the folks out there can feel a little bit of our pain. Well, it's not actually pain. But um, do you usually try to convince them otherwise, or do you actually bring them like, a, an actual strategy game? Uh, usually what I do is I'll bring them what I think they want, what I think is a better option in terms of strategy, and then out of the blue for the, let's say, two females in the corner who really don't want to play a strategy game, an alternative that the others might be like, yeah, that sounds cool. Generally, I bring uh, three games over to a table, yeah. um, but in a situation like that where I, there's a little bit of uncertainty, I tend to load the deck a little bit, <laughs> so I throw in four or five games on top of the pile. Mm. just to be able to say, okay, here's some strategy games, and here's some that could just be some fun times. <laughs> and uh, let me guess, this is the trick that I've used on occasion. Uh, the one or two strategy games that you bring, you make sure they're on the heavy end of the scale. When you're pitching them, when you're, when you're giving your like, one-minute elevator explanation of what, you, from what 42 of these games is, so that you can, they can pick one, you sort of lay it on maybe a little thicker than you really need to about how complicated. I always, yeah, I like always take a heavy strategy game, slide it in there, and then <laughs> see how it goes. You guys want to learn Agricola? About farming? No? You're good? <laughs> Medieval farming. Sure, yeah, Dark Ages farming. We can feel really comfortable. I actually to use the phrase that uh, Agricola is, well, it's, it's like Farmville, but for Mr. Spock. <laughs> but um, it's, sometimes I'll actually try to explain what strategy is, and that never up well but uh it's obviously you know okay the, you, our listening audience is obviously going to be uh, responding a little bit nicer to this than some lovely people at a table who don't want to listen to me pontificate uh strategy is basically about planning and well in advance it's about figuring something out ahead of time and trying to make it come to fruition um in a case like that they don't really want to think that far ahead it's not really about strategy but sometimes you can give them something that looks like a strategy game but trick them into thinking that it is uh, let me, let, me, let me ask you guys. When somebody asks for strategy, which one is, one is like strategy? What game are they thinking of, really? Risk. Risk. There you go. Because <laughs> risk, for the minds of most people, means that, that that's, it's synonymous with strategy, despite the fact that it's really a game it, of negotiation. Yeah, and, not so much strategy in there. Have you ever so. made a plan in risk that actually survived no. for more than one or two turns? No. Depends which version of risk. Okay, you bring out Risk 22 Gen AD, you bring out, uh, you know, Risk uh, Revised Edition. Okay, sure. Legacy, maybe. It's, yeah, le oh yeah, Legacy, for sure. It's, uh, the thing is, that's not really what they're thinking about. They're not thinking about those things. So, all right, that's what they really mean. What they really mean is a game where they can be mean to each other, usually. 
You figure? Yeah, yeah. My, my standby is definitely for one of those groups, Survive. Um, uh, yes. Especially with the five to six player expansion included in that, just to push it over the top of it. For the benefit of our listeners at home, Survive is one of the best elevator pitches out there. It's uh, you, Each player has a bunch of people on this desert island. They're trying to get them off the island to these four little safe islands at the corners of the board. Two problems. Number one, uh, there's a lot of water between here and there, and that water is filled with sharks and sea serpents, which are controlled by the other players. And number two, the big island is actually sinking into the ocean. And oh yeah, did we mention there's a giant volcano there that's going to explode at some point and kill everybody that has not yet reached the safety of the little islands at the corners of the board. It's nasty. Uh, those those monsters out there, the other players are going to send them to the places where you least want them, and you're going to send them to the places where they least want them. Uh, it's it's simple enough to explain, of course. I mean, how long does it take to teach for that? Oh, uh, I'd say maybe like 10 minutes. Yeah, if, if that. Yeah. It's uh, it's really easy to get into. Plus, it's got these great little bits with the, the little shark fins that move around the board. Dun, dun. And you try to resist singing the Jaws music when, that's, <laughs> uh, when you bring when you that one out. But, um, yeah, so that, that's, that's definitely a good one. Uh, Mandy, have you got anything that, uh, that you would, um, that sort of immediately comes to mind that you would bring out for a group like that? My go-to right now is Revolution. It, it can only do up to four, but mm. it's a game that has a nice an amount of fiddly bits and cubes and pieces and currency that it satisfies people's uh, desire to play something complicated. And I'm doing right. air, air quotes if you can't. Because it looks, you're right. It looks complicated, but it actually—it's very simple when you really break is. it down. It's it's just ever into things in turns, and there's a there's a good amount of strategy. Like, do you want to take over, you know, the merchant area or the cathedral, or do you want to concentrate on points? It's it's a nice. It's just trying to. It's it's basically a blind bidding game where you're trying to guess how badly the other players are going to want something. And if they want it a lot, you can just sort of let it go, let them have it, and pay through the nose for it. Or pay just a little bit more, so they wind up getting nothing, and you wind up getting it. Uh, it's, it's, it's a game of screwing the other players over where you can't be quite sure who you're screwing. And uh, that can be a really good fit for that sort of group, definitely. So, uh, obviously, it's going to vary from table to table. I mean, there are certain favorites that we can go to, and, uh, and you know, there's a reason why we have go-to games. They're just handy, and they often really work. But um, if they really do want strategy, then it's pretty easy. We just go for the stuff that we know and love. But if it turns out that you look a little closer and your instincts were right, that's not really what they want, I guess what you really need is a party game that feels like a strategy game. And uh, if you want to do that, if you want something that's, that's got this, the ease of play, the wackiness of a party game, but the trappings of a strategy game, where do you go? I find uh, a lot of the times, since you're associating strategy to risk you go stick to dice games things like uh or games that involve killing people yeah king of tokyo (laughs) is a great example of that oh yeah for sure with dice you know um or let's say bang the dice game brand new uh it's definitely replaced bang for me overall it's got hidden roles bang was a pretty popular game for quite a while there still is it's a wild west themed card game where one player is the sheriff and everybody knows who the sheriff is but the other players all have a secret identity they might be an outlaw there's a bunch of outlaws and they're all trying to kill the sheriff or there might be some deputies and the deputies are trying to protect the sheriff and there might be one player out there who's the renegade the renegade wants to be the new sheriff so they have to get rid of all the outlaws they got to clean up the town but then they have to kill the sheriff so that they can take over. It's a great concept, but problem is, if you're, how many times have you tried to teach Bang the card game? It's brutal. There's so many times you have to refer to a little... These little icons that are out there. Icons it's just, there. It's got its own language. It, it really does, and uh, it doesn't. it's not necessarily all that consistent, so it can be a bit of a bear to teach, but the Bang dice game that just came out, brand new, holy crow! 
Yeah. Keeps all the good stuff, and instead of all the complicated card stuff, it substitutes something very much like King of Tokyo, where you just roll the dice, roll, re-roll what you don't want, re-roll what you don't want, and shoot people and drink beer, and man, what could be better? Any others that uh, you sort of bring up for that category? Mm, I really like to uh, pitch resistance to tables, mm. uh, especially if there's a couple of vocal, more animated people in the group. It's a nice <laughs> game. It's a game where essentially it takes place in the future. It's a corrupt government, and you want to take it down. You're part of the resistance. There are some people at your table who are going to try to screw you over and make sure that you don't the bring spies. the spies. The evil spies. And it's nice because the people who are a little bit more passive can be a little bit more quiet, um, and those that are more vocal will just use that as bait to, you know, say, oh, you're a spy because you're being quiet. It's just a fun kind of game and it gets them talking a lot. And I think one of the other things, too, about the resistance that makes it work so well is it's got a, it's got a science fiction theme to it. Mm. And a lot of people sort of associate, you know, SF with strategy stuff, whether or not it's actually the case. There's also the other one, uh, Resistance Avalon, which is basically the same game, but it's, uh, it's, it's the Knights of King Arthur's Court. And that is also something that tends to get associated with strategy. So that's that's a really good one for the trappings of a strategy game. But it feels, I mean, it's it's, it's like mafia or werewolf. You know, it's it's a campfire game, party game. I almost like going to Coup these days because Coup um, is the prequel game to uh, the Resistance. Right. Um, but uh, it's got a little more more lying and deception played in the actual mechanics. But it's a very simple teach because everything's available on a card. Yeah, the whole rules so. are just all on that one card, and everybody gets a copy of it sitting in front of them. Uh, I like to bring out Cockroach Poker. Oh, great line game. For those situations. Because it's got the name Poker in the title, which lets people think, oh, this is obviously a deep, complex strategy game. Uh, but it plays really very much like a party game. Each player's got their hand of colorful bugs and gross things, and you pick one, you put it face down in front of somebody, and you tell them what it is. You just look them straight in the face, and you tell them what that card is, and of course you are allowed to lie. And they can either guess if you tell them the truth or not, or if they're not sure, they can peek at it and pass it to somebody else and tell them what it is. And they're allowed to lie. Eventually, somebody's going to guess. If they guess right, that's good for them. If they guess wrong, that's bad for them. But Plus, it's one of those games where there's only ever one loser, and everybody gets to make fun of that person. It's so good. <laughs> Most games, you get one winner and everybody else loses, not cockroach poker. It's, it's so much nicer that way, because you have more people who get to win. Isn't that nice? <laughs> it's, it's, it's gentler. It's friendlier. No, it isn't. It really isn't. But... Um, Sometimes I'll also bring out something like uh, like Magical Athlete, if there's just four or five people. Have you guys had a chance to try Magical I Athlete? I actually haven't. No. Okay, check this out. It's, uh, it, I'm, 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 here's the elevator pitch. It's these different magical creatures in a magical land with this adorable chibi-style anime art. And they're all engaging in these races. And you pick teams. You all pick, I want to pick, take the Amazon. I want to take the Troll. I want to take the Necromancer. And so it all seems very strategic and very deep. You're all picking your teams, and once you've got your team of four or five runners, you run these four or five races, which are snakes and ladders with <laughs> special powers. Ooh. So when the ranger is running, anytime he rolls a one or a two, he can turn it into a four. The centaur, when the centaur passes you, he knocks you back one space. The martial artist, when the martial artist is, is going through occupied spaces, they don't count them, so he jumps over top of people's heads. The pirate can kidnap somebody, bring them back to their space, and then take their turn. You know, the merchant can switch places with somebody. The demon, every time somebody picks up the dice and goes to roll, the demon can just go minus one. And every time somebody, minus one, minus one. It's, it, it's, it's, it's hilarious. And they're always wind up with these weird sort of combinations. Like with the philosopher, who gets to say, uh, anytime you use a special ability, the philosopher can say, nope, you don't get to use your ability, but you get to move one space ahead instead. Or the druid. 
every time somebody uses a special power, you move ahead one space. You put those two together the same place, and it gets very silly in a big hurry. Uh, finally, there's my favorite character in the group, Cupid. If you ever have a boy and a girl in the same space together, Cupid moves ahead five. <laughs> so they're constantly trying to get people in the same space together. Uh, if you run them in a race where the siren is also there, and the siren, at the start of the siren's turn, everybody moves one space closer to her. So they all just sort of combo together. It's crazy. It's light, it's simple, but again, it has the trappings of a strategy game. And that's how it sort of scratches that itch without having to create a situation where people are going to be, oh, this is long, this is complicated. This I don't is three hours of risk. Oh, <laughs> oh so sad. Any other last thoughts on, uh, on, on, on serving a table that's like that? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not um, advantageous to rule out some simple card games either. Things like No Thanks, for example. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Or Poison. Um, or Ink get, and Gold. Or Ink and Gold, yeah. And there you just get one choice every turn. Do you stay or do you go? Yep. And boom. Even something as awesome as Sura, where you can just be like, we're all flying dragons. Try not to <laughs> crash into a wall. All of a sudden, they're hooked. It's like a simple kind of game. It really is. It's so simple, and yet, it's, it's, it's so elegant and pretty to, to see it out there. And it looks like a strategy game, for sure. And it goes up to eight players, too. Well, uh, we hope that uh, you found this useful. Those of you out there who are big fans of strategy games, whose friends maybe not necessarily are quite so much into that, you might find this list a bit useful. And for our fellow gurus, keep guruing, keep working that voodoo. Until then, I'm Jonathan Moriarty with Maddie Gelsma and Dan Lego. Have a good night. Game on. Thanks for listening. You can find more from the Game Gurus by subscribing to the Snakes and Lattes YouTube channel or by visiting our blog. Just go to snakesandlattes.com and click where it says blog up near the top of the page. Until next week, I'm P.T. Douglas. Game on.